Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much just, man, for what you've done for us. Thank you so much for anyone that's in here. Lord, I just ask that you just allow me to speak well and clearly, Lord, that people can walk away uh, differently today, that they can take something away from this, um, something tangible, God, something that um, they know they can change. Um, and me too, because I need that as well. And uh, Lord, we just give you all the glory. In your holy name we pray, amen. amen. So this sermon is called Be Real. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background, because, you know, one thing that I tend to not do in day-to-day life is I tend to not give any background a lot of time. I just dive into things, and people are like, yo, what are you talking about? So I'm going to give you guys some background as to why this sermon came about for me. It came from my own life. Um, the idea of being real is a big part of what we like to do culturally as the remnant. If you guys have been coming to the remnant for a while or you're a member, you know one of the things we like to try to do is, quote, be real. Be real with ourselves. Be real with each other. So the reason why I'm doing this message is because of my lack of realness. I noticed in myself and how I've been living for a long time, I wasn't being real with myself. And if I wasn't being real with myself, how was, it going to be, how was I ever going to be real with any of you? That's tough, man. That's a, that's a hard pill to swallow. So that's why I'm up here doing that for you guys today. Um, one thing that, when I thought about the idea of being real, because, you know, it can be such a broad idea. What is being real, you know, to yourself, to others? What is being real with God? What are all these things that, that, that we say around here? And we say it so much, I think sometimes it can just become another thing we say. Because I know it did for me. That's why I'm up here preaching this. There's a spectrum, I believe, of honesty. What I like to call levels of lies that we believe. We believe these levels of lies in ourselves. We believe in these levels of lies to people we claim to be close to. And we believe in these level of lies about the world. And we think that it's going to make us feel better about ourselves. Or it's going to make us feel better about the situations that we're in. You know, there can be a, a little white lie, right? There can be a little white lie that you tell. And you think, oh, that's not a big deal. It's just a little white lie. You know, well, you know, maybe that, maybe the color of that wall is, is white, but I'll call it gray. And you think that's okay, but you're changing reality. Not only can that confuse you, that can confuse others. That can confuse an, an, an entire idea that you're trying to get across, right? Why do we lie? That's something I've asked myself a lot lately. Why do we lie? These little, these, these moments, right? You have these moments where you go, man... Because I don't know about you guys, but I reflect, and I go, why would I lie about that? Why would I lie about these dumb things? Why do I do that? The thing is, is because is, is I justify it. I justify that I, you know what, like, because maybe I, you know, I, I, read, I read well today. I read the Bible. I read a couple chapters. I'm feeling good about myself. So when the situation comes up that makes me uncomfortable, I can lie and get out of it. Why? Because I did that earlier. I justify, and I'm sure you guys justify things as well. I've got a couple things broken down here as to reasons why we might lie. One is insecurity. I know for me, starting with myself, I can be very insecure. I don't believe all the time what God tells me who I am. Therefore, I lie to myself about who I am. I believe in that old man 
Who's the old man? Well, if you're a believer in here, that's the, that's the, the part of you that died when you decided to become a Christian. That flesh, that part of you that doesn't want to honor God. You become insecure. And you make justifications in, in your behavior and how you treat people. The second one is hurt. Maybe you've been hurt before by the church, by people. And because of that, you use that as a justification to distance yourself, to lie, to go, you know what, I'm not going to be honest with these people because I know how that goes. How many times have you guys said that in your life? I know how that goes. And then you go, not today. I'm not going to go there today. Stack that. How many times do you end up doing that before you realize, am I even following? What am I doing? Because I know for me, that's what I've had to face. This lack of realness, this lack of actually looking at myself and seeing the sin I commit, and that's the big thing. These things that I'm talking about, a lot of the time, we don't look at it as sin. We might look at it as negative behavior, but we don't look at it as sin because we can't handle that. We can't handle how grossly sinful we are. Me too. That's why I do it. My third point is fear. We let fear run us. I can think of plenty of times in my life where I've went into a situation. I've, I've, I've had somebody tell me exactly what to do. And when the time comes to do it, all it takes is the smallest factor to change. And before you know it, you didn't do anything that you were told to do. And then you justify it to yourself, right? Well, you don't even want to admit that you were fearful. It makes me think about the idea of realness, a little side note. It makes me think, uh, I was reading Genesis yesterday, funny enough. And when, and when Adam and Eve, you know, they took in the bite and, you know, the fall had happened and God came to them that first time, he said, where are you? I think about how honest they were, though, weren't they? They were honest. He said, I, was, I, was, I hid, I was, I was fearful, I was ashamed. We don't do that. We come up with all these reasons. We can't just say how it is. We blanket it. Which then, reading further into Genesis, it made me realize, it made me think of uh, Cain. He couldn't be honest with God. God said, where's your brother? He said, am I my, am I my, am I my brother's keeper? He made all these excuses, right? Even though God, he knew, there had to be part of Cain that knew, God knew what he did. And he still, he couldn't handle it though, could he? That's what we're like. We're like Cain sometimes. My fourth point into why do we lie? Convenience. It's easier. We would rather go into a situation and not be honest because we can just get out. I'm very, oh man, it's punching me in the face. I'm very bad about that. I, there are times where if I'm in a serious conversation... I can find myself just either agreeing to something or just, just going, yep, you know, I did that. Yep, sorry. Just so I can get out of there. Why? Because I don't like it. I am uncomfortable. I am uncomfortable with the situation. I am uncomfortable with, with the possible consequence of maybe what I've done. Or even the other way. You'll lie to somebody about maybe their sin. You won't tell them they're sinning. 
right? Because it's uncomfortable, so you'll justify it. Why? Because it's convenient. It's convenient to look at, uh, I don't know if there's a Joe in the crowd. I'm sorry if there's a Joe in the crowd. But, uh, you know, you look at Joe in the face that you claim to be your brother in Christ, and you'll say, no, Joe, I don't see nothing wrong with you, even though you see five things about him that you know, you know are sinful. You know he's hiding, but you don't say, hey, man, what's really going on? We choose convenience. We choose to be bold when we want to. We choose to lie so that we don't have to be bold, so that we don't have to actually do what the Bible tells us to do. I don't know about you guys, but I have just been racked with the idea lately that Jesus told us exactly what this was going to be like, and we still don't do it. We still wonder, like, we ask the questions, like, why is this so hard? It's like, he told us it was going to be hard. He told us that the world's going to hate you if you believe in me. He told you that. And yet we still have so many moments in our lives where we choose to just blatantly not follow what he tells us to do, even though he says, I'm out for your good. You don't believe it. But that's the thing. You're not honest with yourself enough to even say, I don't trust him. Because you think that, what, people are look at you differently? You get kicked out? That's not how it is here. That's, how, that's not how it is in the kingdom either. How much do we truly live out of what the kingdom really is? We don't. Sorry from all over the place. <laughs> Lying's an interesting thing, man. I know when I'm in the midst of my life, just day to day, if I lie about something, I tend to not think it's a sin, like I said earlier. Do you guys think lying's a sin? This is, when I was originally writing this, this sermon, and I wrote down, do you think lying is a sin? I imagined, if you guys know me, I'm a wrestling fan. So, I don't know if you guys know who The Rock is, but, you know, sometimes he'll, like, ask somebody a question, and before they can answer, he goes, it doesn't matter. That's what I wanted to do, but I was like, nah. <laughs> do you think lying is a sin? It doesn't matter that life you think so. Anyways, had, had to let out my nerd a little bit. <laughs> but it's true. It doesn't matter if you think lying is a sin. It doesn't. Because who is God? You're not. If you claim to believe this, you don't get to decide what's true and what's not. And honestly, if you can't deal with that, why are you a Christian? <laughs> you can't deal with the fact that you have to do what God tells you to do, even in the, the quote, small things, right? All sin's the same, man. It's all the same. So if you think lying is okay, then I don't know what you're doing. you got to wrap your head around the fact that we're all in trouble without Jesus. We're all in trouble. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you think lying is a sin. It is a sin. Because God said it's a sin. And we're all sinful in that. You can't tell me you're 100% honest in your life because you're not. Now, to back up what I just told you, you know, because like I said, it doesn't matter if you think lying's a sin, it is. And I'll show you because I got scripture. And if you're a Christian, the Bible's how you determine life. That's our guideline, right? So, Proverbs 12 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. An abomination to the Lord. 
But those who act faithfully are his delight. I don't know about you guys, but when I tell a lie, I tend to not think that, man, that's an abomination to the Lord. I don't. I tell the lie and I move on my life and go, got away from that one. Man, how sinful is that? It's gross. Next verse. We got Proverbs 19.1, both Proverbs. Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity. I want, you that, I want that to sink into you get for you guys. What, what does that mean, right? It means it's better to be honest and be in a hard position than lie and think that you're above anything, Right? It doesn't matter to God. Why do you think some of his greatest servants came from nothing? It doesn't matter. The one who is crooked, crooked, crooked in speech and is a fool. Hmm. Something as simple as just not telling the truth. Look how big of a deal it is to him. Are we honest with each other? I don't think so. I know I'm not. I'm not honest with you guys. How many t- <laughs> this, I'm gonna, this is kind of for me, but it's also for you because I'm sure you can relate to this. How many times on a Sunday, maybe it's even last week, do you guys hear a sermon and you go, man, how good was that sermon? And you go, man, that's life-changing. I'm going to walk out of here differently. Man, I already know what I'm going to change. And then all of a sudden, Sunday's back and you didn't, you didn't do anything. You didn't change a single thing. I'm with you. Why is that? Because you're doing it by yourself. You think you can do it by yourself. You think that you can live this life by yourself. You think that you don't need your brothers and sisters. You don't think you need to be honest with them. You don't think you need to tell them about that sin that you don't want to talk about. You think you don't have to tell them about the anxiety that you're having. And before you know it, you didn't change a thing. You're in the same spot. You know, there was a, I can't remember the, the origin of this saying. I don't remember where it came from. But it doesn't matter what your intention is walking out of here today. It doesn't. Your intention doesn't matter. It's about what you do. What are you going to do differently? And that's what I have to face It's not good enough for me to acknowledge, yeah, man, maybe I don't tell the truth to others or myself. It's good that you see it. It's good that I see it. But what is actually going to change? That's what matters the most. Why would he he call it following him if you're not moving? If you're not taking tangible steps towards Jesus, what are you doing? Why would he tell you to follow him if he just expected you to just stay put and go, I see that. I'm going to stay back here and you're up there, but I, I see that, that I, I am sinful and I'm just going to stay back here. He said, no, follow me. Come with me. Let me show you how to live. So no, I don't think we are honest with each other. It goes back to that list I said. What are you insecure about? You think people are going to judge you? 
you think people are going to look at you differently? Did God say that it mattered if they, if they, even if they did? No. This church, the remnant specifically, we're very rooted in community. We're a community-driven church. We love to be together. We love to live life. But are we really living life together? Or are we just going through the motions and showing up and going, community! Let's tell jokes. Let's have fun. That's great. That's part of it. That's what we should have. But how much are you carrying on your shoulders yourself when you're around everybody? When you're at that community meal? (laughs) Talking to myself right now, too. Right? It's called a community meal. What does that mean? We live life together. You don't have to carry that junk. (laughs) You don't have to carry it. You don't. I don't know, man. It just makes me think about all these things, right, you know, that we stand for. You know, we get together so many times a week as a church doing all these different activities. Man, it's all good. It's all good stuff. But if there's not love in it, then what are we doing? Because what is love even? I'm going even farther back now. What is love? Love in living life with each other, love is doing the uncomfortable. It's going to somebody and saying, hey, you doing okay for real? It's seeing people. It's being honest with yourself, which I'll get to here in a second, but since we're talking about other people, do you see that? Are you honest with each other? When you go to these events that we hold, do you go at it outward? Because sometimes, that's another thing. Like I said, there's both sides to this in loving each other. And that's why I love the Bible, because the Bible says either way, if you have a problem with somebody, you should go to them. If you think they have a problem with you, you should go to them, which means you should both meet in the middle every time. There shouldn't have to be any weird bitterness, any friction. That shouldn't be a thing. So if you're honest with each other, that wouldn't happen. Are we honest with ourselves? I don't think so. Because I think that if we were honest with ourselves, we, we, we would truly be living out of the freedom that he tells us that we can have. He says, what did he say? He said, I came to break the chains, right? I came to remove this weight off of you. I came to remove it. Put your faith in me. My yoke is light. How much do you trust that? Are you willing to even look into the areas of your life that you know, you know is sinful, that you know is wrong? I'm not always. It's hard. I don't like to go in those places. You know how hard it is to look at yourself sometimes and go, man, I'm a liar. (laughs) Because that's the thing. We tend to get, (laughs) sometimes we can get confused, and that's what the enemy wants. He wants us confused. Sometimes we mix up hearing lies from the enemy and then dealing with who we really are. There's a difference. Yeah, sometimes I'll use myself. I can think to myself, man, I'm a fraud. I don't live this out. I'm a fraud. That goes against Scripture. I put my faith in Jesus. That's not true. But you know what is true? I lie. Right? I don't tell the truth. There's a difference. There's a difference between letting the enemy say you're a liar and you can't come back from that, and there's a difference between, you know what, I do tell lies, but man, 
Thank God for Jesus and his grace because I don't have to walk in that. I can give it to him and I can confess my sins and, man, it's covered. It's that simple. But we don't live like it's that simple. We have all these things that we can, oh, man, I don't know. (laughs) There's so many things, man. Going back and focusing on ourselves. Following Jesus starts with you. Are you willing to follow? If you look at the people in the Bible that had the most incredible stories, were they good people? No. In their sin, they were not good people. But here's a big difference between somebody who believes and who doesn't. The one who is willing to believe is willing. They're willing to say, yep, this is what I am, and I will follow you. Think about the rich man, right? He did everything correct. He did everything right. But Jesus said, hey, just put down your possessions. Sell them all. Come follow me. He couldn't do the one thing. We all have that one thing. I don't care what you say. I don't care how perfect you think you are. I don't care. You have that one thing that you're not willing to let go, whether it's your comfort whether it's, you know, I'll get more specific, you know, your money. You can't, you can't handle the fact that, that you're, all, you're in these constant money situations. There's, we got that one area that we cannot give up to God. We're just like the rich man. It starts with you. Are you willing to go back to the roots of what all this even means? That you need a Savior. That you're, are you willing to follow him? Are you willing to make yourself uncomfortable? Are you willing? That's the beauty in all this, man. You don't even have to have the answers. You just have to be willing. We overcomplicate it. Are you willing to see your flesh? Kind of what I said earlier, but. Are you willing to see those areas that you don't, you don't want to think about? Those areas that you think it's, you've gone too far. Well, because I did this, Lord, because I had sex outside of marriage, it's too far. It's not true. It's a lie. Well, because, you know, maybe, maybe I committed this crime. Too far. Can't handle it. Can't look at it. It's not true. Because I lie a lot. It's too far. Can't handle it. Listen, you have to be willing to see who you really are in the flesh in order to understand who you really are in him. You have to. It makes me think of freedom, the idea of freedom. (laughs) And I know for me, I can confuse sometimes because I know that I can be sitting there holding on to things. Maybe it's how I'm feeling about my life. Maybe it's about something I've done. It doesn't matter what it is, but I can can be standing on this line. If there's, There's a piece of black tape right here for those of you who can't see it. I can be standing right here, and I know, I know God says, Just give it to me. Give it to me. Just step right here. That's all you got to do. Just take one step over here. 
but I'm going, I don't know if the grass is greener over there. I don't know. It's blurry. I can't see it right now. I don't trust you. You have to. What are we doing if we're not? It doesn't mean we're going to not have moments of it, but what do you do with those moments? Right? What do you do with the moments that you don't trust him? The first step is seeing that you don't trust him. (laughs) You have to be willing to face that. And once you can face that, then you might be able to step. You've got to remember where you came from. If you're saved in this room, if you're a believer, you know, whether you grew up in church or you didn't, you need to remember where you came from. You were not born in royalty. It was a gift you accepted. Do you still accept it? After all these years, after all these months, doesn't matter if you're a brand new believer or if you've been a believer your entire life, do you still accept that gift? Or have you twisted it and made it ugly? You know, I know for me, in my walk, I can tend to look at who I used to be, and and I don't like to. But the problem with that is, since I don't like looking back at who I used to be, I tend to take for granted what I am now. Or I think I deserve it. I think I deserve where I'm at now. What do you mean, Lord? I follow you. (laughs) How many people is he going to tell, man, what's the Bible say, right? Well, I did all these things in your name, Lord. I did miracles in your name. He said, get away from me. I never knew you. It's not about what you do. It's about your heart. In your action, will show your heart. So yes, remember where you came from. Remember that there was a time in your life where you were not saved. You were, you, were, you were doomed to hell. You were. I know I was. I like, to, I like to look at it as dying twice for those who don't believe. A lot of the time, people in the world who are unbelievers, they think that this life is all there is, so they die, and they think that's it. No, you're dying again. There's a lake of fire waiting for you. That's the second death. I was dying twice. And when I look back and I remember where I came from, oh, man, how beautiful is it that he picked me up out of that. And he gave me the truth and he treated me gently and he said, you're mine. Church becomes normal. It's so easy. Look at America. It's just a normalized standard American church. You come here, you feel better about yourself for a little bit, then you leave. That's not what Jesus wants. He wants you to follow him, and that's not comfortable. Everything the Bible tells you, is, it's the complete opposite of what a lot of the time church can look like nowadays. It is. Don't get me wrong. You know, I love the church. I think it's amazing. I didn't grow up in it, but I'm sure glad to be part of it now. Stop taking your gift for granted. It was a gift you accepted. Keep accepting it. Hmm. Amen. How do we prevent a culture of hiding and lying? Hmm. It starts with you. 
looking at yourself and realizing, yep, I got, a, I got something inside of me that I don't want to look at, and I got something inside of me that I want to tell her is about. Because I know something came in your mind, and then you tell somebody. <laughs> That's part of it. But I have scripture to back up how to prevent a culture of hiding and lying. Galatians 6.2. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Do you make yourself available for others to talk to? Do you actually give the time of day to people? Do you actually see them? Not just, hey, how you doing? Have a great day. Do you actually look and go, man, I see something in them, man, they're hurting. Do you actually care for people? Give them the time. Get out of your comfort zone. Quit letting your insecurities, your anxieties run your life. Bear one another's burdens, fulfill the law of Christ. That goes into James 5.16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is great power as it is working. Hmm. So how do we prevent a culture of hiding and lying? Well, you could always, you could honestly flip those. You could probably do James first. Confess your sins to one another. And pray for one another. And you, will, you may be healed. How beautiful is that? How much do we take that for granted? Do you really believe that? The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Man, do you believe in the power of prayer? Do you believe that it's a, it, is a, man, it is one of the main, main mainstays of all of what we do? That should, what does it say? Pray unceasingly. Why? Because look at the power it holds. So once you can confess your sins to one another and you can pray for one another, what do you think that's going to do? It's going to make you look outwardly, which goes into Galatians, right? Bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. If we're supposed to be like Jesus, right? He said, follow me, be like me, emulate me. Why do you think he said, man, my yoke is light? Because you're also supposed to be that to other people, right? If you're unapproachable, and people can't come to you, what are you doing? Jesus says, follow me, my yoke is light. Why? Because he knows what your mission is too. He goes, yes, I need you to carry my yoke because my yoke is light. And if you think my yoke is light, that means you can also go to all these other people and you can love them like I'm loving you. Nobody likes this though. Nobody likes this. When you actually take a step back from your life and you look at it, how often do you like admitting that you're wrong? How often do you like admitting that you're hurt, that you're frustrated, that you're angry? You don't. That's the flesh I was talking about. Are you willing to battle it? Are you willing to be uncomfortable? And I mean truly battle it, man. That's another thing. 
you know, we think we battle things because we, you know, we, we take five minutes and we go, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in it, I'm battling. And then you, and then, and then you, you give up. That's not battling. This goes back to my point earlier. You know, are you God? You're not. And if you claim to be Christian and you follow this, follow it, these are two of the main things we're supposed to be doing with each other. Confess your sins, pray for, pray for each other, carry each other's burdens, fulfill the law of Christ. It's right there. You don't have a choice. If you're a Christian, you don't have a choice in that. Shifting in a positive direction for those of you who, have, who are believers. Think back to the moments in your life where you were faithful in those moments. It wasn't as hard as you thought, was it? Once you just decided, like I said earlier, this piece of tape, once you're willing to just take that one step, it wasn't as hard as you thought, was it? You can do it. The Holy Spirit is in you. Trust that. It's not that hard, folks. Talking to me, too. Are you willing to risk a little discomfort? Are you willing to push past it? What a victory that is. What a victory that is to go, man, I was uncomfortable, but you know what? I stayed faithful. I went and I did talk to that person I didn't want to talk to. I did tell people, man, I'm, I'm anxious about the this, this situation. The enemy messes with you. He doesn't want you to do these things. The flesh is going to work against you, and so is he. But you have to be willing to fight. You have to look past how you feel. You have to look past all your doubts, that, that voice in your head, that loud one that's always yelling at you. That's the liar. Listen to the calm, peaceful one. I think you know what I'm talking about. That is the Holy Spirit guiding you. Staying on a positive note, when you do these things, when you actually live it out, because I know for me, I could think back at a time in my life where I was doing that. I was living that out. I was letting people in. I was outward focused. I was making sure people were loved. I was loving people. And you know what the beauty is? Man, there was so much peace and fulfillment in that. It didn't matter about what my circumstances were. It didn't matter about how much money I had. It didn't matter if I had car problems. It didn't matter if I had a girlfriend or not. It didn't matter. Nothing did. Because I was so fulfilled of just doing what God told me to do. Have you guys experienced that? Remember that. The peace that you, were, that you felt, Right? The peace that transcends understanding. Where does that come from? When you're faithful, when you take a step. You, you just, it takes an inch, guys. One step. One step, and he just runs with it. And man, it's incredible what he can do with you. It's incredible. I think to myself, man, a sinner saved by grace. And I'm up here telling you a message. I never expected that, ever. I would have never thought I'd be up here. All I did was this. 
And he just took me, picked me up, and ran with me. <laughs> He's good. I'm going to share with you Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Here's the problem. That's a great verse. You can look at that verse and go, man, I can... I can <clears throat> That can be an anchor verse. That can be something you think of in your day-to-day life, life. And you go, you know what? That's how I'm going to live. I'm going to think about, I'm going to think about the commendable. I'm going to think about the excellence, what is pure, what is lovely. And I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to think about these things. It's going to, it's going to propel me, right? It's going to help me to do what God wants me to do. But the problem is, is you can't focus on these things without dealing with the ugly first. We don't want to do that part. That's why this faith can be so confusing sometimes because you're trying to do that before what I said earlier. You, wanna, you want to practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. You love that. So do I, and it is true. But you have to be willing to deal with the ugly stuff first. You can't do that while you're holding on to all that junk. That's not how it works. <laughs> there is no such thing as, quote, sweeping it under the rug and living peacefully. No such thing. You're living in a delusion if you think so. (laughs) Aren't you tired of it? You tired of just putting on that mask? Tired of putting on that face? You got all these issues, all these problems popping up in your life, and you're just going to sit, not talk about it, feel the weight of it, but then when it comes to Sunday, when it comes to church events, you're going to come here, you're going to put a smile on, and man, I commend you for it, but man, how real is this to you? Like I said, I can commend you for, <laughs> for serving. I can commend you for putting on a smile when you don't feel like it, but when you do it week after week after week after week, and you don't deal with what's going on, I can't help but ask, is this real to you? Is this real to me? Are you folks willing to do the ugly to get to the peace? You have to. If you claim to believe that Jesus is real, that God is real, if you claim to believe in the gospel, if you claim that you've been transformed, then why aren't you living out of it? Where's the power in that? The Holy Spirit is inside of you. If you're sitting in here and you are saved, The Holy Spirit is in you. Are you willing to let your own definitions die and just follow the Bible? That's another thing. Man, we like to get caught up in what our own definitions are. We like to play God. You know? Well, that's not a lie. I didn't technically tell a lie. I just bent the truth. What are you talking about? That's just a little example. We do that all the time. We have these own little definitions in life. And they're, they're convenient, right? These convenient little, little definitions that make us not have to deal with the fact that we're wrong. 
Are you willing to let those go today? Are you willing to let them go and just follow the Bible? Read the Bible and go, you know what? That's truth. Doesn't matter if I think it is or not. Doesn't matter if I feel like it is or not. That is the truth. And then once you're willing to accept that, are you willing to walk out of it? At the end of the day, what I have told you today, what all this is, these lies, these definitions, right? It's all just a game. It's a game of survival. It's a game of self-preservation. It's a game of your own comfort. It's a game of whatever you want to call it. It's all a game. And we all play it. Cue Triple H's music. Time to play the game. (laughs) Wrestling nerd, sorry. You can leave here today deciding, and that's what I want you to deal with today. You decide this. Your feelings don't control you. You make the choice. You can either decide to keep playing the game, or you can let go and start following Jesus Christ. That is your choice today. I don't care how you feel. I don't care how I feel. It's not how, that's not how it is. If we claim this is real, if we claim we follow it, man, we got to be willing to deal with the fact that it's our choice that we go against it. We choose it. God didn't move, we did. We moved away from him. And it's our choice to move back. There's always redemption, and that's the beauty in all this. She's going to come up and play some music. This is what we call altar call. You have an opportunity today. Like I said, you can either keep playing the game or you can drop the facade. You can drop the hiding. You can drop the games you play with yourself. You can drop the games you play with others. And you can just be honest. Be real. Be real. You know, I know altar time can become quite this normal thing. I remember when I first started coming to church, I thought, what a cool moment. Even if I didn't understand it yet, before I was saved and I was coming to church, when, all, when this time came, I'd look around and I'd go, man, what a cool thing. People are really dealing with life right now. This is real. <laughs> I've taken that for granted since then. There's, there's weeks where I'm either back there or, I don't know, I'm somewhere, and I'm just going, you know what, it's all for time. You know what, we'll get through this, go through announcements, and we'll go eat. I'll admit that. I do that. Do you do that? I know you do. You don't even got to answer me. It doesn't matter. Anyway, you have a choice today. Are you tired, like I asked you earlier? Are you tired of just doing the same thing, telling the same lie, covering up the same junk, covering up the same sins? It reminds me of a song. I don't remember the guy's name. But the chorus is like, I run to the Father again and again and again. Are you willing to keep running towards him? Because he's giving you that opportunity right now. 
don't take this for granted. This is a holy moment between you and God. People will be up here to pray for you. Are you willing to trust? What does it say? Pray for one another. Stop neglecting that. Come up here and pray with somebody. You can't tell me. I said this last time I was up here and I, and I, I got the, the honor of, of doing a message. I told you this last time, man. If there's nothing, if you can't see a single thing in your life that you need prayer for, that you need, you need saved, man. Like, if you're not willing to see a single thing, man, how arrogant of you. Stop. Stop playing the game. There is hope on the other side. If you don't want to trust me on that, trust what I just read to you. Confess your sins, pray for one another. That's what this time is all about. Are you willing to take that serious today? Truly take it serious. Life is short, man. You know, I'm still young. I'm willing to admit it. I don't like to think about it, but, you know, I'm 28 years old. You'll be 29 soon. And I remember when I was 18 like it was yesterday. Life just keeps going. It doesn't stop. It's scary, at least to me. <laughs> How often do you guys just go about life just doing the same cycles, and before you know it, a year's passed? You're still holding on to the same anger the same bitterness, you're holding on to the same hurts, the same insecurities, you're in the same situations as you were a year ago, two years ago. It's all the same, but it doesn't have to be. You can make a choice today. For those of you, I don't know if, if someone's in here and you don't know Jesus, I'll tell you the gospel. It's the most important message in history. God created everything. He made it perfect. Sin did not exist, and it was good. That's what he said. He said, I created all this, and it's good. And then he, and then he decided to create us. What a beautiful thing, right? He said, man, I'm going to create you in my own image. And we walked with him every day in peace, in unity, in love. And then we betrayed him. We decided that we wanted to be God, just like we do every single day. The original sin, right? Took the, took the bite out of the apple. We take the bite every day. Sin entered the world. God could no longer be with us on our own merit. Couldn't. He couldn't be a, a, a perfect God. Couldn't be a part of something that was no longer perfect. So we were separated. And for years and years and years, we lived away from him. But he did a beautiful thing. He sent himself down in flesh, in human form. His name is Jesus Christ. He lived a perfect life. He showed us how to live. He died for you. He was crucified on the cross. And we did that to him. He lived a sinless life not a single sin and we killed him <laughs> and then he did some of the, one of the most amazing things in history he overcame death he came back 
came back for you. He died for you and then he came back for you so you can live in freedom in this moment right now. When he died and he came back, he bridged the gap between us and God again. He said, listen, just put your faith in me. That's all you have to do today. The Bible says if you confess with the lips and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you are saved. So if you don't know him today, you have that opportunity. He bridged the gap between us and God. He said, through my faith in me, if you put your faith in me, God no longer sees you as that separated, sinful being. He sees you as me. You have an opportunity today. Take advantage of it. Man, quit doing the same thing over and over again. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for letting me preach to you today. Thank you so much, guys. I ask just one more time. Man, be real. Right now, be real. There'll be people up here to pray for you. Please step today. Take a step. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't. It doesn't matter if you're still hurting after this. It doesn't matter if you, if you, if you go, man, I, life's out of control. It doesn't matter. This is a moment. Live in it. Like I said, life doesn't stop. So take the moment and seize it. Thank you, guys. There'll be people up there to pray for you. Thank you.